Hey everybody, this is the debut, re-debut, I don't know how to describe it, but this is the Utah Preps Zone. I'm Jay Catch, your host here, joined by my fearless co-host, Sean Walker. Sean, how are you, my friend? Fearless co-host. You are fearless. Spitting hot takes. Yeah, come on. All the hot takes. All the hot takes. What are we talking about? We're talking about soccer this one, right? No. That's another podcast that we do. BYU football? Nope, not BYU football. That's another thing we do. Uh, the NBA. Oh. No? The nope. Utah Jazz? No, listen to the name of the title. Utah Preps Zone. Oh, so it's obviously about Utah's one true preparatory academy, Wasatch. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a podcast that covers prep sports here in the state of Utah, but guess what, Sean? We are on the eve of the start of the 2019 high school football season in the state of Utah. That we are. Uh, the season, man, summer just flew right by, didn't it? Did. it? What it did, did you do on your summer vacation, Jake, before we get started? Uh, I went to Bear Lake once. That's good. That was about it. That's I worked, good. I worked a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so um, pur- purpose of this conversation, kids, don't grow up. You lose summer vacation. You do lose summer vacation. That's absolutely the truth. I spent a couple weeks in San Diego. That counts. But I know. You, you scored because you were down there like a full two weeks, right? A little more. It's even even better. <laughs> I think you won that in that regard. But, Sean, high school football is here. It feels like, yeah, summer should still be going, but it is over. School, kids are going back to school. High school football is kicking off. The first game this year will be Orem High School, the defending 4A state champions against Corner Canyon, one of the up-and-coming teams, one of the contenders in the 5A ranks, and they're actually both going to be in 5A this year. And that's kind of where I wanted to start today, Sean. Uh, you wrote a preview. Uh, uh, we call it a preview? What do, what do you want to call it? And uh, it's, a, it's a story covering high school football, kind of the storylines you're looking forward to this coming season. And I want to start with, and you, you said you, you've used song titles as your kind of your motif not, on all Not just of these. any song titles. Song titles from the greatest decade of music. 90s. As a child of the 90s, I think you agree with me. I do. I do. Um, but a couple of them are a little bit throwbacks, but there were some remixes that I worked in. So Okay. So well, if you didn't notice that, that's up on KSL.com right now. You can go check that out Yeah. Um, anytime, because that's the beauty of the internet. But hopefully y'all are listening to this before Thursday night. That would be good. Because we've got a doozy on Thursday night. We do. Orem, Corner Canyon. Uh, I think it's going to be quite the game. But Sean, you, you use the term ch-ch-ch-changes. Lots of changes. Well, where do you want to start lots, with these changes? Lots of changes coming to the Utah High School Activities Association. I think we should start at the top. Okay. Because uh, the biggest change right now is the old playoff system is done. Yeah. Kaput. It's over. Yeah. Finished. Finito. Um, the region-based system of qualifying or not qualifying and that sort of thing, you're still going to see regions and teams competing for region titles, uh, but they're going to be just geographic designations, essentially. Yes. Um, the new qualifying system for the state playoffs, and we probably should clarify first, this isn't just for football, but this is also for baseball, basketball, lacrosse, soccer, softball, and volleyball. We'll Correct. Use this same rating percentage index. What? Or, I thought the RPI was dead. Only in the only in the NCAA. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but no, the RPI is alive and well in the UHSAA. It basically takes every team and it calculates a score using an <laughs> algorithm, um, spits out a number. I'm assuming it's going to be a number. I don't know exactly what the number is going to look like because yeah. we haven't played a game yet. We're going to find out. But then out. it's going to take that number and it's going to rank everybody one through 96 or however many teams that are playing high school football now. It feels like we added that many. Um and then playoffs will be divided from there. Hey, 
I'm okay with this, actually. I, I, I've been a fan of this. I felt like some programs over the years missed out on playoffs simply due to the fact that they played in a tough region. They're competitive. Westlake. Westlake High School is one of them, absolutely, in Region 4, the old Region 4. Shout out to the Thunder. Yeah, the Thunder, one of those teams, but they, they played in a very tough region, and they just couldn't get anywhere because they had so many teams in front of them in their region, so they automatically missed out on the playoffs. I think this new format will give teams like that, if you are a good team, but you happen to be playing in a stacked region, well, guess what? It's going to give you that opportunity to go out and prove you, you are legit against maybe a team that was pumped up by maybe a region that maybe not necessarily the the strongest if that makes sense yeah and and that's a good thing because i mean for so 40 percent of this of this rpi is still going to be based off mm-hmm. of the wins and losses yeah you know how many games did you win how often did you win that kind of a thing so that's mm-hmm. not totally going away you still have to win but in addition to that the uhsa now wants to um commend teams for playing difficult schedules. Correct. So now 40% of the RPI is going to be based off of your opponent's winning percentage, mm-hmm. i.e. how good were the teams that you played on your schedule, and then the remaining 20% is going to be a compilation of your opponent's opponent's winning percentage. Correct. Or in other words, how tough of a schedule did the opponents on your schedule play during the season. Yeah, so if they're playing in a relatively weak region and they're pumping themselves up on programs who maybe aren't as good, well, it's going to affect your RPI and also affect that team's RPI as well because you just factor all that in. It spits out a number, but I think it's going to really make for some interesting playoff matchups because you will get, I think, the top dogs will get those top seeds and then you'll see some other teams that maybe you would look at their record maybe during the season. Let's say old region four, Westlake. Maybe they actually get a higher seed in the state tournament because they were actually a good team, but playing in a region that was just absolutely stacked. Yeah, and they played so much good competition every year, mm-hmm. and that that's going to raise their RPI and potentially give them a chance now for the next step of the playoffs, which everybody's going to qualify for the postseason. But now this RPI is going to be is going to help determine a whole slew of first round buys. Correct. So if you have a really good RPI, if you're one of those top teams mm-hmm. in the state, you're going to get a first round buy, while the other half or so of the state has to play against each other in the first round. Um, so again, there's still a reason to try to win as many games as you can when you're reaching that sort of thing because that's going to help you in your RPI, which is then going to help boost your rating to earn that first round buy. But for those teams who feel like the season's over before it even begins, um, we should talk about the Region 4 maybe coming up next. Yeah. Um, but for those teams, they now have something to play for throughout the year. Correct. Because they can try to build that momentum and maybe even clinch one of those buys regardless of where they have been playing. Absolutely. So, yeah, the RPA will be interesting to kind of track throughout this year, see how it ultimately impacts high school football in addition to all the other sports it's going to impact in the UHSAA. I do wonder, I want to see these numbers finally come out and really see how it affects teams. But you're right, it does keep kind of that carrot out in front of uh, different teams. Even though you may not be having the season you expect, you still have something to play for. And that's the, that's the solid part out of it. Sean, other changes that are coming. Well, four of the returning champion programs have switched classifications. Yeah, we mentioned the first game of the season, Thursday night. Uh, I think KJ is broadcasting this one. 
They're not mistaken. You are correct. Uh, Corner Canyon and Orem. Corner Canyon's the defending 5A state champion. Orem High's the defending 4A champion. But the interesting thing about this is neither of those teams are in their respective classifications coming up this year. They're both moving on up, as I Mm -hmm. like to say. Mm -hmm. And they're not alone. There are a lot of teams moving. Uh, Realignment, the most recent realignment, really kind of did a number on not just region realignment, but classification realignment. You've got the elimination of all of 1A football, so maybe we can take a moment of silence for our friends <laughs> down in the 1A ranks. Uh, shout out to you guys in Milford. Um, yeah. Bryson Barnes, still one of my favorite players in the state to watch. Mm-hmm. But uh, 1A, this, there are seven 1A programs that are gonna, going to be in 2A, so they're not completely going away. Correct. But yeah. I, I make jokes sometimes. I apologize. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you've got you've got teams moving around, moving regions, moving classifications, and I think it's going to make for a really really exciting race, uh, in particular in those top two classes in five A and six A. Absolutely, and so what it looks like is Lone Peak, the defending six A champion, will be joined in six A by Corner Canyon, who is the defending five A champion. Not just in in six A, but in region in four. region four. And then, oh, by the way, the two runners up at the six A and five A level last year, American Fork and Sky Ridge, also happened to be in region four. Yeah. So region four went from being juggernaut to juggernaut supersized almost. Yeah. Again. Throwing it back to Westlake, they finally got a way to get Bingham out of Region 4 because we all know what Bingham does to yes. the old Region 4. Uh-huh. Uh, Bingham's now going to play in Region 3 with Copper Hills and uh, uh, Harriman and Jordan and a bunch of teams that are kind of around them. Correct. Um, <laughs> but, man, talk about out of the frying pan and into the boiler. This mm-hmm. new Region 4, I think, is is just as tough or at least just as deep yeah. as the last one was, really. Yeah, it is. So it makes for an interesting setup. Westlake has their work cut out for him again. But so we make fun of Westlake a lot, but I I think the Thunder could actually be pretty decent this year. And I yeah. think playing this type of competition is actually going to be really good for them, especially as we move towards this expanded playoff. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, you have those two defending champions in 6A. Orem High School, the defending 4A champion, is getting bumped up to 5A this year. So they'll be in the 5A ranks. Of course, they're taking on Corner Canyon tomorrow night. Yeah. And then... So that new Region 7 now, yes. that'll have Orem, Tempview, which struggled a little bit last year, the first year of uh, Coach Andy Stokes, but it looks like the Thunderbirds are coming back. Yes, they're coming around. Um, and then another newcomer to the ranks in Mountain Ridge, which we'll get to them in a little bit, along with Lehigh out the Timpanogos. Yeah, so that should be a decent region. At least 4A actually is the only re- only classification that is still in existence. Like you said, RIP 1A football. Uh, but 4A will be the only classification in the state that does not have a defending champion in it this year. And that opens up a whole bevy of options and dreams for, I think, 4A teams that are going to be in the 4A ranks. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But then you in, you drop down to 3A, Sean. Defending 3A champion Summit Academy is joined by defending 2A champion South Summit. They'll be in the same region doing battle there. Yeah, we talk about region region 4 and 6, yes. but region 13 and 3A, yeah. you've got uh, Summit Academy, South Summit, uh, little little guy named Juan Diego. Have you heard of them? <laughs> yeah, they're also there. Judge Memorial. Yep. The Catholic Bowl, um, always a fun one. Region 13 is absolutely loaded. Did you mention Morgan? Ranks. Oh, and Morgan, of course. Morgan might be the favorite. Let's in 3A not forget this year. Morgan. Yeah, Morgan. I know the Trojans, they're a little bit out of the way, but those guys are stacked this year. And well, shout out to my friends in the Tooele Valley. Yes. Grantsville hanging around there mm-hmm. in Region 13. Absolutely. Uh, good luck, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good luck. And then, so Milford, the defending 1A champion, is now bumped up to 2A. And in my mind, Milford is the favorite in the 2A ranks this year. Like you said, Bryson Barnes. If you haven't heard the name Bryson Barnes, 
yeah, check him out. You will. He's going to go over 10,000 career yards this year, most likely, barring something catastrophic happening. And he is worth the price of admission if you can get down to Milford to watch the Tigers play. Certainly. I mean, I, I, I think Milford is very, very realistically a, a threat to win their third straight state title uh, now in two-way. But don't completely count out te- a couple of other teams. I mean, I think Beaver could be very, very good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always put together a strong program, too. Yes. And I think Miller's going to come back a little bit and challenge yeah, Miller, uh, Miller should challenge, and Duchesne, of course, always. Uh, with Jerry Cowan out there at Duchesne, they're always stout. So we'll see what happens with the two-way ranks. I just I like Milford. I understand they're jumping up a division, but they should be just fine in my mind. I think they've got a very good team there. All right, Sean, where else are we going here? Um, all right, so we've talked about teams. We've talked about regions. We've talked about the entire state. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a couple of all-stars. Okay. Shall we? Last couple of years, we've been pretty spoiled here in the state of Utah. Obviously, we had... Uh, former Orem wide receiver Puka Nakua, yes. who's now at Washington, has been blowing up um, as the Huskies enter fall camp already, putting him really in position to start Correct. his freshman year. Uh, Ty Jones at Provo, he's joined by Ty Jones at Provo High, who who was an absolute standout for the Bulldogs. I mean, going back even to the days of like Austin Kafensis at Jordan mm-hmm. High School and whatnot, we've always had a lot of all stars coming through the state. Yes. Um, I think we're going to have a couple more dudes, absolute dudes this year um, that are going to be fun to watch. And maybe we should start at the very top with the number one recruited talent in the state. And by that, I'm talking about linebacker Noah Sewell. You mean there's another Sewell that's a massive prospect? Come on. There is another Sewell, and he is not at Desert Hills. He's not at Desert Hills. He's now at Orem High School, who will be playing tomorrow night. Noah Sewell is a linebacker prospect in the 2020 class. And Sean, like you said, he is the number one rated prospect in the state of Utah, and for good reason. Yeah, dual threat guy, uh, 6'2", 266 pounds, projects as a linebacker at the next level just because Mm -hmm. of the way that he hits. Uh, But he also plays running back for the Tigers. Correct. And... Yes, he plays running back. He is a battering ram amongst battering rams uh, for the Tigers. First five-star prospect to come out of the state in two and a half years, I believe. His older brother, Panay, was the last one. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, he is he is every bit deserving of that distinction. Being recruited right now by schools like Alabama. Heard of them? Yeah. Texas A&M, Georgia, LSU, Oregon. Uh, it's considered by many of the favorites to maybe land this guy. Older brother, Panay. Obviously, is because of Oregon. Panay Sewell. Yep. But I don't think you can really put him into one box in terms of where he's going to wind up in college or maybe even what he's going to play because this is the type of guy who can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. Um, he's electric. He's fast. It, he can hurdle other players in a single bound. We found that out about three times in the 4 State Championship so game last year. He got flagged for two of them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he is – if. If you live in Utah County in particular, Noah Sewell Friday night is worth the price of admission. Absolutely. I, I'm excited to see what happens with him. Um, other guys I'm looking forward to see, Sean, this is just me, Van Fillinger, uh, defensive end, linebacker prospect coming out of uh, Corner Canyon. So think about this. Tomorrow night's matchup has got Division One talent all over it. Noah Sewell from Orem. Jacob Robinson, another kid who has an offer from BYU on the Orem side of mm-hmm. things. You go up to Corner Canyon. Oh, let's see. Josh Wilson, the younger brother of BYU quarterback. Zach Wilson, currently committed to BYU. Mm-hmm. Van Fillinger, who I just mentioned, one of the top pass-rushing prospects in the United States, committed to Texas. I'm not talking Texas. No, Texas. The, the Longhorns. Hook'em horns. Yes. Hook'em. 
So tomorrow night's matchup is absolutely massive. And Van Fillinger is a guy I'm interested to see how he plays this year because he has that billing now that he's a, a Longhorn commit. Yeah, Texas commit, turned down offers from ASU, Boise State, Cal, Colorado. I think Utah was in on him pretty Correct. early. A couple of my Utah fr- uh, friends were pretty upset that Van Fillinger didn't didn't uh, commit to the Utes, but when you got an offer from a school like Texas with the, that tradition and that history and that pageantry, it's really really hard to blame a kid for for passing on it. Um, and this kid's good. Yes, I mean he's really good. Projects as a defensive end at the next level, but he's just an edge rusher guy. You might see him a little bit play a little bit of outside linebacker with Corner Canyon as well. Um, he's just a football player. Yes, he likes to hit. He, he runs through tackles very well. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, he's going to take double and sometimes triple teams mm-hmm. to try to guard him every night. Yes. Um, and that might not even be enough. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you on that. All right, Sean, who else you got on that all-star list? Um, I'm going to go – Man, I feel like we're I feel like I'm mentioning all Utah County guys, but there are a lot of Utah County dudes this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to give a shout-out to my good friend, your good friend, a colleague of ours on the BYU beat, and that's uh, Jeff Call, mm-hmm. who told me a couple years ago about a middle schooler that he coached in flag football named Nate Ritchie. Oh, yeah. Uh, lone peak safety, a little bit of a do-everything type mm-hmm. athlete. He's played some wide receiver, some running back, uh, returned punts for the Knights, I believe, or kick, Correct. Or kick. Kicks and punts, actually. Yeah. He's done both. Um but a really good punt returner. He's also got an offer from BYU, Utah, UCLA, ASU, Boise State. Um, Don't forget Stanford in Stanford. there. Stanford. David Shaw's been spotted in the state recruiting him multiple times. Realistically, already. there are about two or three dozen schools that would love to have the services of mm-hmm. this kid. Um, I think he probably stays close to home, picks between BYU and Utah, but you never know. I mean, when you've yeah. got P5 coaches coming into the state so often, that can swing a kid pretty easily. Yes. Um, but Nate Ritchie's just another kid who, again, if you're in that Utah County area or if you live up in Alpine, Lehigh, somewhere around there, uh, He's just fun to watch. He is. All right, Sean, who else you got on there? I'm assuming, did you put Devin Downing on there by chance? I did put Devin Downing, a uh, uh, wide receiver out of American Fork. And mm-hmm. you might think American Fork, reigning 5A semifinalist, but they had such a big senior class last year. What can they possibly return? Could this be a rebuilding year for head coach Aaron Bame um, yeah. out there in the shadow of the Mount Timbinogas Temple. I'm not entirely certain that's the case because Devin Downing, he wasn't quite Chase Roberts last year, but he mm-hmm. was a pretty good number two option. And he was a number two that was probably a number one on just about any other team in the state. He yeah. just happened to play with the best wide receiver of you know the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so this kid is legit. Uh, he is committed to BYU. I believe Correct. he's got an offer from BYU. He's I, committed. I think he's committed. He's committed. Um, I can never keep track. You're the recruiting guy for me. That's okay. Um, but he is he is every bit uh, worth it. And then he's also got a teammate out there at AF, who I think is pretty good. You're talking about Bodie, is he, it? he projects as a linebacker at the next level, but he's also they're going to flex him out at tight end a little bit on offense. And Bodie Schoonover. Yeah, and he's also committed to BYU. He is six foot four, two hundred and forty pound athlete, and. Yeah, you think 6'4", 240 in high school, you're like, holy smokes, but he is every bit of it, and he is an athlete, plain and simple. I really like him. I, I've, I've always liked watching him play. Yeah, so maybe it's not so much of a rebuilding year out on Caveman Boulevard as we thought. Maybe not. All right, Sean, anybody else on that list? 
I could go on all day, but I mean, <laughs> I think you got a good list there. I think it's a great list. Of- yeah, we'll start with that, and obviously there are going to be other guys just popping up and down, and and uh, and and the like. But we'll get you caught up on that every what every week, every month. How often are we doing this, Jake? Well, this is the plan is four times weekly. a week. Oh, four, four, t- four, four times, times a, week. a week. No, we're not going to Locked on high school football, your daily high school football podcast here on The Zone Sports Can you Network. imagine? We'd have a lot to talk about. Anyway, Sean, let's take a time out here. We'll come back. We'll finish your list. Uh, later on, also, we have a sponsor on this show, John Watson Chevrolet up there in Ogden, a great sponsor. They've actually sponsored the John Watson Chevrolet Northern Utah Player of the Week Award for going on over a decade. They actually might be coming on two decades with that award. We need to talk a little bit about Northern Utah in particular. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later on, but we'll finish up your list next. You are listening to the Utah Preps Zone. Welcome back to the Utah Preps Zone, your podcast covering Utah high school football and every other sport here along the Wasatch Front and around the state of Utah. I'm Jay Catch. He is Sean Walker from KSL.com. Sean, we've been going through your list here, your five storylines to track for the upcoming season. Uh, we covered three of them, I believe, in the last segment. Where are we going next on this list? Yeah, there are, there are three schools here that they really don't want to miss a thing. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, and they're the three newcomers to the Utah high school football Correct. season, um, as well as, as another one that I actually didn't know until like literally this week. Yeah, was now joining the ranks of the UHSA. Well, I don't think anybody knew about this yeah. really. Maybe maybe we'll uh, well James Edward from the Deseret News. Shout out to Buddha, uh, love you Buddha. Um, he got the scoop on all of us. He got it. Um, well, we'll just touch on them real quick. Providence yeah. Hall, yes, coming over from the Charter School League, now going to play in uh, as an independent in UHSAA. In UHSAA. Yeah. So, uh, Patriots, they they got a tall task in front of them. Well, it's a school that started in 2014. Sean. But yeah, but I always applaud charter schools that try yes. to jump up. Oh yeah, and, and eventually, I mean, maybe you can build into something like Summit Academy. Oh yeah, exactly. I was going to say Summit Academy's got to be your your kind of your blueprint if you're yeah. going to do this. So it'll be interesting to see how Providence Academy does. Sean, let's start off with the other three schools here. I want to start off with one that's actually close to me. I live in the Saratoga Springs area. A uh, new high school being built in Eagle Mountain is the Cedar Valley Aviators, CVHS, Cedar Valley High School. I'm interested to see how they do because they're playing Best in the- logo in the state. They do have a great logo. I Best will give logo them that. in the state. I just saw their logo for the first time earlier this week, and I was like, okay, you guys did well with that one. Uh, they're a brand new school. They're competing in the 4A ranks. Uh, they're going to be in that Region 10, which Region 10, by the way, is quite the far-flung league. We have teams from the Tooele Valley, Utah Valley, uh, if you really want to count it, Cedar Valley. You also have teams out in, uh, you got Uinta out in Vernal, and you also got teams up in the Ogden area. Yeah, oh, and don't worry, Park City. Sorry, Wasatch County as well. Yeah, going from, from Ben Lomond in the in the north down to Cedar Valley and all the way out to Uinta in the south. Correct. Um, yeah, this is basically, you've got, I give 4A a lot of props because they they kind of put these very geographically distinguished regions together. Um, and that's still the case with Region 9, a.k.a. Uh, Region 9 all the time mm-hmm. down in St. George, and then Region 11, which is pretty much Cache Valley, um, with, I think, one exception out there. Oh, Bear River, I guess. Yeah. If, 
not technically Cache Valley, but close enough. Yes, yeah, um, just over the hill. But then that kind of leaves Region Ten right now with a little bit with without a little bit of a, a geographic distinguisher, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is like for a Wasatch Front oh. <laughs> plus the back country in Uinta. Let's put it this way. Yes. It, was, it was programs that didn't fit in any other region based on which classification they're in. So they've been cobbled together into a region. Yeah, pretty much. And in the interest of full disclosure, my youngest brother is a senior at Mountain View High School, which is playing in region 10. And yeah. that, that'll be interesting. So that's, that's, that's just, I mean, yeah, that's, that's really all you need to know is just how varied and how distinguished that entire region is. There. Yeah. Um, but Cedar Valley is going to slot right into it. And, and I think the aviators can have a decent amount of success yes. in their first year based on the competition that is there, based on the other teams that they're going to play. Um, this is a huge school Correct. that's going to draw on a massive student population right now to put together their football program. Mm-hmm. And obviously getting their feet right as a brand new entity playing in 4A, I think that bodes very well for a bunch of players and a bunch of coaches who know Utah high school football very well, starting at the top with head coach Wesson Sabrisky, yeah. who's a longtime veteran of South Severe, spent the past decade or so um, there in Sevier County. Obviously, South Severe, not exactly a powerhouse. Monroe, Utah, but, but he, he sent a guy to D1 last year. He you did. Know, That's t- true. Tyson Chisholm was an absolute stud running back, signed with the Air Force Academy. That's He's going to be a cadet. So, that's got, true. So he, he knows how to mold, how mm-hmm. to shape things, um, and I think that's going to bode very well for Cedar Valley as they put together a team with, with Jackson Hooley at quarterback, a couple stud wide receivers, notably Kainoa Baker, correct, who, who made some really nice plays last year. Uh, hardcore high school football fans in the state probably know of him. Yeah. Um, and uh, and the like. I mean, this this is a team that I think should be poised to have. You know, maybe they're not a powerhouse. Maybe this isn't like Bingham or East or that kind of mm-hmm. thing right away. But I think they should be pretty good in your world. They're pulling, like you said, from a massive student population. Westlake has been overcrowded for years now. And it was overcrowded the minute Westlake opened. Cedar Valley is going to have plenty of talent to pick from. And I'm with you. 4A. It's a pretty wide open classification this year, and Cedar Valley's got to be thinking, hey, we can make some noise here in our first year, and we'll see how they do. All right, Sean, where else are we going now? New schools. Are we going to Crimson Cliffs? Where are we going? Um, let's, let's head north really quick okay. before we circle back around. Just up, just down up Redwood and, yeah. and Mountain View Corridor exactly. a little bit. Let's go, to the, uh, let's go to what I like to call the Zions Bank rivalry with Cedar Valley. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I think they need to play this game. At, they need to play each other at a Zions Bank Stadium in Harriman every year. Absolutely. I'd be um, down with that. Let's go to Mountain Ridge. The Sentinels. Yeah, the second high school in the city of Harriman opening up here. And this is a school that's been a long time coming, Jake. Correct. And I say long time, a little bit facetiously, but not completely. Only what took two years yeah. to need it. <laughs> the way that the way that Harriman is growing by leaps and bounds, um, the city itself actually isn't that old. Mm-hmm. But this school, I mean, Harriman's another one of those schools that's just been bursting at the seams because of the population growth uh, on that side of the Salt Lake Valley. And again, Mountain Ridge, I think, is set up for some pretty good success. They are. And similar to Cedar Valley, they have an opportunity to pull from a massive student population. Of course, uh, Dustin Pierce and Harriman have had some great years in the past. Of course, won a state title. 
And I think Mountain Ridge will pull from that. I've driven by this school. Anybody that's driven on uh, Mountain View Corridor, if you've driven the, almost to the end of it, you'll pass the school. It is right there on the Mountain View Corridor out there on the west side of the Salt Lake Valley. It's like a beautiful new high school. Just north of the RSL Academy. Correct. So that's why, it's, as Sean says, the Zions Bank rivalry should be something because it's right there by Zions Bank Academy, the, f- the field there for the Real Monarchs. But I... I look at Mountain Ridge and I just, I have a similar thought to what Cedar Valley is doing. I just feel like they can pull from a lot of talent there in Harriman. Of course, there'll be growing pains as there is with any new program, but I would expect the Mountain Ridge, just with the population that they'll be drawing from, should be competitive right from the get-go. They may not have a winning record this year, but they should be competitive regardless. Yeah, I liken them a little bit to uh, Farmington last year, the new school um, up in the Davis and Weber County area that was, uh, again, they opened up. It was much needed. The community really embraced them. I think there's going to be a very similar community embrace with Mountain Ridge as well. Um, but this is a team that I think will probably be better than their record indicates by the end of the year, just simply because of where they're playing. I mean, you're you're in a region, a crowded Region 7 with a lot of established powers. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, Orem that we've talked yes. ad nauseum so far, but but Timfew working its way back. Lehigh, which is just a couple years removed from a state championship. Um and by the way, they're guided by another Cooper, which ta-da. Yeah. Um, shocking. Yeah. Obviously the the names that, that people know of of teams like Alta um and then bringing up the rare and Tempanogas. I think Mountain Ridge will be a fine program. I think they'll be a solid team. Mm-hmm. But there's just there is a lot that's probably going to be going against them this year. Correct. Um, so if that win-loss record doesn't look great, this is going to be another one where you have to kind of delve into the RPI and realize, like, they're they're really going at it. They opened the season with Olympus. They welcome Olympus out there. Scotty the, Edwards is a great player for yeah. Olympus. They, they, they welcome the Titans out there to the far side of the valley. So they're really loading up. They're, they're going to try to get better. Um, but they might take a few lumps as well. Exactly. I think the straw poll, you'd have them last in Region 7, but I'm not going to lie. Based on what I've heard about Timpanogos, I could see Mountain Ridge finishing 5th or maybe even 4th. We'll see how it shakes out there in Region 7, but it'll just kind of depend on how they kind of navigate this first year, Sean, because you never quite know how new programs are going to do it. One other program that is a new program, we're all the way down in Region 9, Sean, one of your favorite regions in the state. I know you've got a soft spot for Region 9. Love me some Region 9. And that would be be CCHS, also known as Crimson Cliffs High School. Not Corner Canyon. Not Corner Canyon. Another CCHS. Crimson Cliffs. And Sean, what do we know about Crimson Cliffs? Uh, This is, well, this is another school that's kind of been a long time in the making. Um, And I actually say that quite literally because Mm -hmm. the school district took a long time to, to, uh, to build this school, to find the right property for it, to put it together, to assemble. It's in Washington, right? And everything. Yeah, so it's in. It's down there in the Washington area. They're going to be coached by longtime Dixie High School assistant coach Jaron Tate, who spent mm-hmm. the past ten years with the Flyers. Um, and I don't think there's a better tutelage to have, especially in Southern Utah, um, than to go through Dixie. So Coach Tate, he's. He's uh, he's really going to have himself a, a, a task, a monumentous task, but one that, again, this community has been waiting for for so long that he should have plenty of talent at his, at his disposal, plenty of resources, um, and a guy named Chase Hansen, a quarterback. What? Hold on. What? what? Did I just miss something? Yeah, it, it, there's, a, oh, there's, there's a new Chase Hansen. 
Is he as good as the Chase Hansen that we saw at Lone Peak in Utah? TBD. I don't want to put too much pressure on the kid. Okay. Just saying. That Chase Hansen. Talk about an athlete. All right, Sean. um, One other note here is if you guys want to watch high school football action, there's multiple ways you can watch it. Of course, your website, Sean, KSL.com, is going to have plenty of live streams this year, if I'm not mistaken. And where can they find those at? Yeah, just head on over to live.ksl.com. We'll have about a dozen or two games that you can choose from and peruse uh, during, I mean, every, every Friday, yeah. really. If you can't get K-Jazz tomorrow, obviously I recommend those guys, the Thursday night game of the week. They do a fantastic Them job. Them and KMYU. Yeah. Uh, your, your colleague, Tony Parks, big, big part of that pro, uh Dave project. Fox and Alema calling them, yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you can't get to K-Jazz tomorrow night or tonight, maybe by the time you're listening to this, um, for Corner Canyon and Orem, there will be an alternate Corner Canyon live stream that will be airing there. Okay. Every Corner Canyon game will be on live.ksl.com. Sweet. But then we've, we've got, like I said, about a dozen or two other games from around the state every year, and you can just kind of bounce back and forth and binge to your heart's content. Sweet. All right. All right. Well, we will take a timeout here, our penultimate timeout here on this debut podcast of the Utah Prep Zone for the 2019 season. We'll come back, talk about some of the notable games that are going on in week one. We also do need to cast an eye north, Sean, to talk about some of the northern Utah teams in region one, region five, 10, and 11. I think I have all the teams that we'll talk about. They'll all be sponsored by John Watson Chevrolet. So we'll get to that next right here on the Utah Preps Zone. This is the Utah Preps Zone. We cover high school sports, part of the Zone Sports Network. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. Joined, like I said, from at the get-go, my fearless co-host, Sean Walker, writer extraordinaire for KSL.com. Check out his work there. Sean, let's start off now. Let's look north uh, to northern Utah. Uh, I'm interested to see how Region 1 does this year. Region 1 traditionally has always been teams in the Weber-Davis County area. They've got long-standing traditional rivalries there. And I think this year, all of these teams got to be thinking, okay, with this RPI, maybe we'll get the respect we've been looking for. Uh, yeah, there or the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> That's a good point. It, it might. It also might hurt you because, of course, the RPI is, is going to require that you go out and prove that you can win games. And I, I think that it, it'll be interesting to see how these teams hold up. But in just in week one, Sean, uh, in terms of scheduling up north, well, let's, how about a, how about a heavyweight one right off the bat? Bingham, of course, the 6A Titans that they are, are going north to face off against the Weber Warriors. Now, that's a way to kick off your season for Region 1. Yeah, that's a great season kickoff as as far as I'm concerned. And, and you know, we hyped up Orem and Corner Canyon on Thursday night mm-hmm. enough here, but this one might be just sneaky as good. Everybody knows Bingham. It's one of the most successful programs in the state. Um, and John Lamborn's really got himself another very talented roster this year, although he's he's breaking in several new players, a new quarterback, and, and a couple of wide receivers. The offense is, is kind of retooling. But if we know anything about Bingham's offense, it's that it doesn't really rebuild. It just kind of reloads. Absolutely. And I expect that, again, from the minors this year, um, their defense should be just as good as they've they've ever been. Though led by guys like Cio, like Sione Fotu at mm-hmm. linebacker, Mason Christensen, who is just a ridiculous athlete down there out there in the defensive backfield. These are guys that should be on Division One rosters. Yes, in the very very near future, and probably some local teams that'll be paying attention to them as well. Um, 
Yeah. But Weber's no slouch either. No, Weber had a good season a year ago, and they'll be looking to to strike a big upset on we on opening night. Of course, I, I should mention this before we get too far into this, Sean. All of our Northern Utah teams are brought to you by John Watson Chevrolet right there in Ogden. They are a great sponsor of high school sports, especially in Northern Utah. They have sponsored the John Watson Chevrolet Northern Utah Player of the Player of the a week award for going on over a decade. I have been privileged to work with them for the last three or four years, picking those players of the week. And I'll be continuing that this year. I would encourage you guys, if you are looking for a new vehicle and you're, you are up in Northern Utah, stop by John Watson Chevrolet. They got a fantastic lineup. Take care of you. you got used cars, new cars, whatever you need. John Watson Chevrolet has got you taken care of. Yeah, and when you talk about the about those Northern Utah high schools, you kind of have to start with Weber High anymore, which anybody who went to school in the 70s, 80s, even <laughs> into the 90s and, and early aughts, you're, you're probably listening yeah. to us going, what? What are what you, are you talking, talking about? Weber yeah. Powerhouse? But no, this is, I mean, this is a school that they, they won back-to-back Region 1 titles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back-to-back titles, Region titles for the first time in program history, if I Correct. remember right. Correct, I think you are right. Uh, if I'm wrong, you can hit my uh, burner, my preps burner account at Patrick Carr <laughs> underscore on Twitter. Oh God! Um, yeah, you can you can correct me right there. But uh, Weber is still, I think, the team to beat in Region One in a lot of ways, just because of the talent that they return. Even though they're breaking in a new coach, yeah, Matt Hammer, longtime yep. Weber high coach, he's now the linebackers coach at Weber State, mm-hmm. going back home in a way in, in a way to a place where. He uh, used to be the uh, offensive coordinator um, there, so he's going to be working with Jay Hill. But Jason Anderson, the incoming coach, has got a lot of talent to work with with the Warriors, and it starts at quarterback with Cole Hagen, who uh, who threw for nearly 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns a year ago for that Region 1 title team. So um, he's he's got a line in front of him that it's, it's – it's experienced and veteran. They return four starters, I think it is, on the offensive line. A number of other guys who rotated in and shifted there, um, and so that really should be once again kind of the bread and butter, bread and butter, meat and potatoes of this Weber High attack. That I don't think changes a whole lot, despite the coaching transition. Yeah, I'm with you in that regard. Um, other notable games in Northern Utah opening up this season, opening up on Friday night in particular. Uh, one I'm actually interested in is here is Harriman at Davis, Sean. Uh, Harriman, of course, we talked about them, Mountain Ridge stealing away a little bit of their population base. And the Davis Darts, they've had a proud program over the previous decade plus. I think that one's a, a matchup of two teams that will be looking to establish themselves this year and really prove, hey, we're not uh, we're not falling off here. We're, we're only reloading, essentially. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I think the and I think the home field advantage is a really big deal for Davis here. It this is. is a community that really embraces their high school football. They love their darts. Yeah, and 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 when uh, these two teams that play a little bit similarly, a team like Harriman and, and Davis come together, I think that home field advantage could be the difference. Um, I kind of like the darts to win this one in week one. I think it'd be crazy. I think I think that'd be a good pick actually. Um, One actually kind of rivalry game. I know that it's not necessarily be have some of the implications of other games in Region One or some of the other regions up in Northern Utah, but Northridge is at Viewmont. That's a that that should be a fun little matchup right there. The Vikings taking on the Knights. I I know these communities up in Northern Utah, Sean. You go up into Davis, Weber, on up into Twila County, and also up into Box Elder County. These communities embrace their teams, and I think they're very proud of them. So I'm interested to see what Northridge and uh, Northridge is able to do on the road at Viewmont. 
Yeah, and Viewmont, one of those teams that's kind of a sneaky champion, potential championship contender there. Well, they got Alex uh, Harrison. And, yeah, uh, just a sneaky championship contender in Region 5 that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, but more people should be talking about them um, probably in a, a couple of weeks into the season. Obviously, Alex Harrison, yes. a, a Division One bound offensive lineman. We'll find out where soon. Yes, we um, will. But... Uh, uh, Will Carter at a wide receiver. I mean, there's plenty of talent there that I I think, um, yeah, if you're a fan of Region 5 football, there are a few places to that are better to start than Viewbone. And then one other note before we talk about some of the other regions in terms of game one, Sean, the longest losing streak in the state belongs to the Ben Lomond Scots. 23 games. You have to go back, I believe, to 2017, the last time they won a game. They get their first opportunity to break that streak. They're on the road at the Pace and Lions on Friday night. Go Scots. So, should I be should I be impartial? Come mark on. mark it down, Jake. Mark it down. <laughs> the streak ends week one. We did a show I got Ben Lomond over Payson. I did a show a couple years ago with Ajay Salveson, and Ajay, I'm sure, is listening to this podcast. And we were Ogden at the time had they owned the longest losing streak in the state, and we rooted for them to break it. They finally broke it, so we're rooting for Ben Loman this year to break it. We'll see how they do. All right, Sean. Um, other notable games before we wrap things up outside of Northern Utah. What else are you looking at this weekend? Um. All right. Let's move on south to maybe the Salt Lake Valley a little bit. Okay. Actually, you know what? Let's let's head just east of Salt Lake City and give the small schools a little bit of love. Okay. Because we got the defending two A champions now three A again. Mm-hmm. If you guys have been listening since the last segment or two, uh, hosting the defending one A champs Milford at South Summit here in week one. South Summit's got a new coach. John Snyder. A new coach, a new offensive identity. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to go a little bit more up-tempo. Yes. Um, a little more spread-based. Uh, I'm really interested to see what the South Summit team looks like. And again, I know you're talking about the defending 1A champs now coming up. I mean, I guess still only one classification, but still testing themselves off pretty well. I think this will be a good barometer, a good litmus test for the Wildcats to see where they are in terms of returning talent, meshing with a new overall philosophy and influence. If you haven't been to Camas to watch a high school football game, I'd encourage you to do so. I've got family up in that area, Sean, and Camas is a great town. Absolutely beautiful. It is fun. Mirror Lake Highway up there, absolutely phenomenal. Um, One other game I wanted to mention, Sean, that I'm actually looking forward to, because similar to what you're talking about, we'll see how it's a litmus test, Riverton at Pleasant Grove. I think that the Silver Wolves had had a breakthrough season a year ago, had a good year. Pleasant Grove had a good year in their own right, playing in that Region 4, but... One, one of four semifinalists from Region from 4. From Region 4 in the 6A ranks. Yeah. Well, Pleasant Grove's retooling a lot this year. I'm interested to see what Mark Wooten's able to do there. And I feel like Riverton coming in for the opening game down there at Pleasant Grove will actually be a good test for the Vikings. Yeah, and, and Riverton was one of those sneaky good teams yes. last year. They came within about a quarter and a half of uh, of beating American Fork in the first round playoffs a year ago. AF had to rally some, but this is also a Riverton team that was really, really young, so they've got tons of returning talent. Uh, the coaching staff to bear with it, and they could be... I'd, I agree with you on, on that, and Jake. I think this is a sneaky good team to watch as well. Uh, if we can stay, in, stay with the uh, Utah County side mm-hmm. there, 
I got to give a shout out to the Forks themselves, to Springville okay. hosting Dixie for like the 19th straight it's year. It's an annual tradition. Yeah, to open the season. They alternate every other year. They're going to St. George or coming to Springville. And I know Springville's coming into this one with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder right mm-hmm. now because for the first time in like 200 years, uh, they were not picked as the preseason coach's favorites. Correct. In Region 8. Obviously, Provo High School, uh, full disclosure, my alma mater, but Provo High School coming in with a lot of talent and a lot of, of uh, hype, shall we say, that Correct. Coach Tony McGarry's got over there. But I know that's rubbing some people a little bit wrong in the town of Springville because this is just this is a this is a program that's built itself up. It seems like all they do is make the state semifinals. Um for better and for worse. Yeah. And I think they're going to come out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulders this season to prove that they still are the team to beat in Region 8. Hey, I, it will be interesting. Careful there, Sean. I don't want to ruin your computer there. My bad. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this edition, the debut edition of the podcast. Sean, any parting or final thoughts from you? Jake, it's been a long, hot summer. It has. But hot summer girls are ending. It's time for Utah high school football. It is. It is time. The boys of fall, a famous song by our good friend, Kenny Chesney. It is time to go. And it's going to be exciting. We'll be covering high school football for you all year long. Uh, Thanks to John Watson Chevrolet for being a sponsor on the podcast. If you are interested in sponsoring the podcast, hit us up. I'm on Twitter at Jacob C hatch. You can find Sean. I know you got a myriad of Twitter accounts here, Sean. Should we go with the one I know of at actually DSW? Sure. And that's not dr- or, or my burner account at Patrick Carr Patrick Carr underscore. underscore. Yeah, no, I get it. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. We'll catch you guys soon. Thanks again for tuning in to the Utah Press.